Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Karen Kilgariff, child empath. You know what, Karen? What's that? Ordinarily, that's when Jordan would talk. Yeah, I know. You're filling in for Jordan this week. I am. I'm girl Jordan. You're dramatically more. Is that how you identify? That's how I identify on the streets. Oh, oh, just on the streets. Just on the streets. What about in the sheets? In the sheets, that's private. That's oh, okay. MYOB, please. <laughs> <laughs> You're dramatically more mellifluous than Jordan. Think so? That's something that I really appreciate a bit. Do- appreciate about having you here. <laughs> Does that have anything to do with the movie Maleficent? Yeah. Yeah. I've, you you're in the movie Maleficent. Right? I am. I have horns. <laughs> I've had horns. Just having horns is not enough to, <laughs> to be in the movie. You have to have appeared on camera. No, you also have to have wings. I'll grant you that you have horns and wings. I mean, I can see right now that you've got what honestly look like they may have been surgically implanted horns and wings. I mean, I have spent some money. <laughs> yes. It's true. But it's worth it to me. Yes. I'm in show business. Yes. Okay. Look, we're not all born with it. I worked for Ellen D. She made me get horns and wings. (laughs) Fine, I'll say it. <laughs> it was it was half her half Portia de Rossi. <laughs> Look, I I wanted it, okay, or I wouldn't have done it. But yes, they led me down the path. How are you doing? How are you doing, Karen Kogareff? It's great to it's great to have you here as a guest as a as a guest. What's it called? Co-host. Co-host. Um, thank you. It's good to be in this you know this very acoustically perfectly set up room that's tiny tiny room i'd love to be here with you outside of the fact that you can absolutely hear our producer brian sunny d fernandez guffawing loudly through the window going nuts (laughs) that's just his natural state i love it i did give him twenty dollars though and i was like let's beef up the laughing on this one wait you gave brian twenty dollars to beef up the laughing to just to laugh through the window i'm sincerely worried about the structural integrity of this building (laughs) If Brian is beefing up his laughing, <laughs> he is the laughingest person I know on earth. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's even – it's one bigger this time. By the way, Karen. Yes. I also want to compliment you on remembering my son's name. That's right. I did. That was really – that was a very lovely gesture that I appreciate very much. Well, you know – Jesse, I was an alcoholic for a long time, uh-huh. and I didn't really make an effort toward anyone ever. <laughs> yeah, so sure. in my later years, and hopefully before I die, mm-hmm. I'm going to get in a couple g- good swipes on people. A couple good kindness swipes? Some kindness swipes just right across the eyes. Getting right up in there? <laughs> yep. Like a wild cat of kindness? Yeah. So you, you bleed out uh, good feeling. With eye fluid. <laughs> is that what? What step is that? Uh, that's the twelfth step. That's oh, the final really? one. Is this why? Is you turn into a kindness panther and you just attack people's faces? <laughs> wow. From from what I understand, that really, honestly, that explains a lot about my dad and my childhood. <laughs> right. Like I thought. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's what he was doing. Yeah. You took it as a negative, when actually it was. You know, probably really a huge positive. Should we introduce our guest on the program or should just we just have him sit in the corner? No, I think we absolutely should. Okay. He's a beloved celebrity entertainer. He's a celebrated writer, actor, director, and raconteur. Mm. His latest film, the first of what is sure to be many in recent years because it's not his first overall. 
because he directed the film The Baxter <laughs> some years ago, uh, is My Name is Doris. He's best friends with Sally Field, who sends him text messages. <laughs> Michael Showalter. Hi, Yay. Michael. Hey. How are you, friends? I'm great, friends. We, we watched friends. and enjoyed your movie, Thanks. FYI. Thank you. I thought of a, uh, a, a, a funny name for a guest co-host. Let's hear it. A yep. ghost. A ghost. <laughs> that is fun. <laughs> That's very funny. Do you see? It takes guest, co, and host and somehow melds it into a, a word that already exists. Yeah. A ghost. It goes ahead and removes co. We're, it goes on it, right on ahead and moves co. Which is like a power it, move. It goes right on ahead and moves, removes e, U-E-S-T and replaces it with H. H. Yeah. It just goes, no, no. It doesn't do that. No, it doesn't. It doesn't do that. Uh-uh. It just goes ahead and removes U-E-S-T and co. So it removes. Okay, can you? I'm. I lost track there. It more than just removes it. It goes right on ahead and removes it. <laughs> okay, so it goes right on ahead and removes what now? U e s t and co from guest co-host. What's left? Ghost. Ghost. That is very clever, Michael. That is extremely clever. No wonder you're a successful film director. That kind of felt a little bit like one of those segments on uh, Sesame Street. <laughs> Didn't yes, it? Where you yes, got walked yes, through it four yes. times and then G- learn. Ghost. 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 Cast host. Ghost. Co. Host. Guest. Ghost. Host. Well, we deeply to regretting here. that I'm here right now. <laughs> J- Jesse's <laughs> staring. <laughs> I, can Horrible. I just say, in my showing of Hello, My Name is Doris at the Arclight last weekend. Okay, we get it, Karen. You paid the extra to get the reserved seat. We, I am a gold circle member, a gold line member. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm, I have a pile of gold in the trunk of my car. Well, I have a lot of eBay bucks. What? You don't see me <laughs> bragging about it. You should. Yeah. But every it was a packed house. Oh. That's good it to was know. full, which I think. What I, night? May I ask? What night or day was it? It was. Fr- it was, was Friday. It, it was Friday. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Evening. Yeah. Which I thought. I don't know. I felt proud of you. Uh. Not in a condescending way. No, I mean, look, I've, I've. This is the first time I feel like I've ever done anything that I didn't have to like beg and cajole people to watch. Yeah. People just go to see it because they're excited to see this movie. They don't even know I've, I've got anything to do with it. Thank God. <laughs> they just want to see Sally Field. Yeah. Uh, doing her thing. And she's amazing. She's amazing. And Tyne Daly. Tyne Daly. And uh, they're phenomenal. They're yeah. two iconic actresses, uh, American actresses, r- working together in this movie. Let me ask you this. When, when like, where did you, like, have lunch with Sally Field? Le pain, le pain quotidien, which is this <laughs> lovely French bistro. Um, what, uh, a place called McDonald's. No, it was, it was this really adorable French bistro called Le Pain Quotidien. <laughs> but what was your question? What I just want to know what it's like. I have never had lunch with a legendary movie star, so I just want to know what that's like. Well, we, we uh, you know, we, 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 I offered her the role, didn't think to make her audition. It was an offer. Good call. Um, and uh, uh, had no truly – it did not even cross my mind for half of one second that she would want to do the movie. It was like might as well do this. Why not? 
Um, worst case scenario, she say no, says no and whatever. But she read the script. She was interested. Would you meet her for lunch? She's out of town. She'll be back in a week or two. Would you meet her for a coffee and, and she'll talk to you about your movie? I said, yes. Uh, we met at Le Pain Quotidien, uh, which is <laughs> – I believe this one is in, in Brentwood. Can I ask you Le Pain Quotidien? Is that um, like a shishi French bistro? It, yeah, I mean, it was a, it's a very authentic French bistro in in Brentwood. I've never been to one before. I th- it's a chain, yes. though, right? It is a chain. Oh, I don't know, no, no. This was a very no. It's just like in France. <laughs> it's a French Applebee's, isn't it? Uh, All Karen, I know, uh, Karen. Can I take a second? Can I take a second to explain something to you? I'd love it. Uh, do you know the French dish escargot? Oui. It's snails. You're eating snails. That's the kind of stuff that Mike and Sally Field know a lot about. Okay. I'm just learning about, and frankly, you're ignorant as hell. Wow. I know, I know nothing wow. about it. This no, just got true. very. Um, so <laughs> I like did the like bought a new shirt. You know, I had a nice clean shirt, and I combed my hair and all that. Good call. And I got there very early, and she walked in, and there she is. And I mean, I've loved her forever. Yeah. Um. She's, you know, it. I I truly, truly adore this actress. And then there she is, and we're, she was delightful, uh, humble, um, funny, charming person. To it, it would be I would and it was terrifying. I would like it if you had said that she was not humble. Like she just came in and she's like, "Okay, let's get the rules straight, Show Walter." Number one, I'm fucking Sally Field. Yeah. I wanted her to do that. We all wanted her to do that, but it never happened. Is that a, like a lifelong dream you've had to be bossed around by <laughs> yeah. Sally Field? Yeah, oh, of course. Absolutely. But then um, a couple, I think it was the ne- very next day I got a phone call from her uh, agent and her manager on the call. They were both on the call, which usually that's a good thing. And, uh, and it was like, she's going to do your film. And it was like, hey, uh, so listen, uh, Sally Field's going to do your movie. And, and then it was – the implication was like, so don't fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, kid, she's going to do your film. So this is the last time you know we're going to talk to you nice. Don't fuck it up. But it was amazing. It was fantastic. That's like know, a- she's a very uh, demanding person. And she's not like you – know, she's, she's tough as nails. She's, what kind of demands are we talking about? She, Escargot? <laughs> uh, no. She has no demands like that. She has – although I will say – there was a young gentleman whose job it was to pick her up and bring her to the set every morning. And one morning he was 10 minutes late and that he never was given that job. That was it. Yeah. Wow. That, that it was a one strike and you're out. You know what, Mike? She's a professional. Yeah. She's got work to do. People are relying she, on her. She's well, got to get in that makeup chair. She drove herself. No. That. Was that the scariest thing when she pulled up and she her... drove herself after that? <laughs> oh, you mean the whole rest of the time? Yes. Oh, no. Because she's like, I, if I can't rely on you, I'll just do it myself. Correct. I'm Sally Field. Correct. Remember me from Smokey and the Bandit? Yes. God, you know what? What? I just watched Smokey and the Bandit for the first time, like maybe three, four months ago. I understand why everyone likes Smokey and the Bandit so it's much. It's so good. That shit is delightful. It's hilarious. Oh, my God. And it- she was perfect. She was like gorgeous, but not like 
in a very girl next door way and so approachable. And no, she's legendary. I remember uh, uh, the big movie, I mean, amongst all the other movies, but there was one that I really watched a million zillion times was Punchline. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen, ever pun- see Punchline? I have not seen Punchline. What happens? In, what's Punchline? Punchline about? is uh, she plays a stand up comedian and she plays, she sort of plays Roseanne Barr. Yeah. Actually, is who she plays. Really? Yes. And it was Tom Hanks was it was like Tom Hanks's first not big comedic part. It was like his first like maybe I'm actually a good actor too part. And what, and, is, what, is, what are we talking about? It was like stand up comedy I say drama. Eighty, maybe eight late eighties. Okay, like eighty eight, something like that. How about eighty nine? Yeah, yeah, I think it was a little later. 88, says Brian Fernandez. I thought I, saw, I, thought I saw it in L.A. And she, I'm pretty uh, sure it's 88, Karen. <laughs> well, yeah, of course you're sure. He just said it. So, you, Karen, she, you've she, got a lot to learn about. She plays, <laughs> um, she plays a, a, a suburban mom who is funny. And her, and her husband is actually played by John Goodman in the movie. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. And she uh, is a natural. She's a natural. And she just... Is starts doing stand up, you know, later in her life, and meanwhile, Tom Hanks is like Mark Mark Marin, sort of like this kind of his own. He's his own worst enemy, but like brilliant, and they kind of form a a bond um, and a little bit of a relationship forms, and the big climactic scene is auditioning for Carson, or uh, the equivalent of Carson in the movie, and she gets it and he doesn't. Because he has an epic meltdown in his Carson audition. He has the like – he has like too much truth and he can't – he can't like just stick to his material. And so he gets like too real and, and it's awkward. <laughs> Is this a good movie? I love it. I love it. But it's a, it's a little campy. Well, it's like um, there's really good people on like Taylor Negron. Taylor is in Negron it. is in it. Paul Kozlowski was in it as one of the other comics. There's um, all kinds of it, great comics. It has this whole sort of and it's funny. It was like when stand up comedy was all the rage. Right. And so there's like a juggling nun and there's like there's like all these. It's like it's <laughs> like the stand up comedy club is like everyone's got their bit. You know, classic everyone stand up tropes. Every, yeah. Everyone has their I you know, everyone has their very specific little corner of of comedy that they do and it's it as a young as a young guy thinking about maybe being in comedy it was very exciting and fascinating karen did anyone ever make try to make you into or did you ever try and make yourself into uh the something something comedian (laughs) um juggling none i did uh well i was young when i started so i was pretty young when i was in la so i i did have that kind of like um, you know, it was borderline. I punk punk rock isn't the right thing, but just kind of like she's not. You know, it's not your dad's stand up comedian kind of feel. Um, uh, and the audience should know here. I'm just giving a little context that you were given one of those. Hey, this guy over here. Thumbs. I was, yeah, I was doing kind of an old fashioned face, yeah. but you can't see it. Yeah. My favorite part of Punchline the movie was that everyone had their own locker backstage yeah. at the comedy club. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I thought it was. It came out later because we used to talk about it all the time. Punchline. Like, uh, yeah, and just the idea of <laughs> that you would go back after your set and open your locker and right. put, take your yeah. purse out yeah. angrily. Well, because it's sort of like it was as if stand up was like a strip club. 
Yes, exactly. that was the basic That's template. Exactly, it was like exactly we're just that we're just the stand-ups. We punch in, we punch out. We've all got a we've all got a locker back here. The manager treats us like crap. Yeah, but but it's this sort of romantic f- f- uh, f- sort of um, what's that that movie with uh, the dancer um, flash dance flash, yeah. flash dance. It's like. It's like a very blue collar kind of thing of of, of like the back, behind the scenes of a stand up comedian. I've yeah. never seen Flashdance. Wait, oh, have what? I seen what happens no. in Flashdance? Are you a Russian spy? No. Is Flashdance the happening? one? No, Dirty Dancing is the one I saw. That's I recently saw Dirty Dancing for the first time with the lift in the pond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely some lifts in the I pond. Think I'm yes, the, for sure. I think I'm the opposite of you. I've seen everything pre 1988 and nothing uh-huh. after it. <laughs> what? You've seen some. What about the Baxter? You saw that? I, that's def, that doesn't count. Peter Dinklage. That doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, it was great. He was great. He was like a wedding wedding planner. That's right. Ben, uh, Benson Hedges. Yeah. There you go. A lot of people think that I come and I'm and I'm giving people like a line of baloney about having seen their work, but right. look, I've seen the movie. You the mean it? And you saw Peter it before Dinklage. you knew he was going to be a guest. Yeah. This is real. Peter Dinklage is going to be on this show. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Oh, sorry, Michael, but we are out of time. Dink. I got to bring in the dink. The dink. Have you ever worked with the dink? No, I saw him at a thrift store once, uh, and I was like, man, does that guy look like Peter Dinklage? And I was thinking, like, geez, could that? And then, uh, like, some people with clipboards came up and, like, were taking instructions from him as he was, like, pointing at things. And I was like, yeah, that's definitely the dink. The dink got a job was, managing a thrift store. No, no, yeah, no. He was in charge. It was a big thrift store. No, <laughs> I feel like he was, it was as though he was like directing a film oh, or yeah, something yeah. like that, uh, oh. uh, directing a show, something. Huh. Uh, he was definitely in charge of two people um, who look like real Hollywood types. Interesting. Um, and I don't think like that as a man so handsome. I think it would be very difficult to mistake him. What? The dink. He's a very handsome I just wanted man. to see how quiet it could get. It was so quiet for a second there. Joe Walter gave me a look like Peter No, Dinklage. I didn't. Yeah, you He's did. a gorgeous. Are you he's kidding me? Sexy. He's a beautiful he's like one man. He's one of the handsomest dudes he's, ever. He really he's shirtless is. on a horse on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine. <laughs> yeah. And he'll never let you forget it, too. You have never. Max Greenfield in your movie. Ooh. He's also a good-looking man. Oh, he's Louise. quite good-looking. So I have met Peter. I have met Max, Max Greenfield. Right. He came in here, and I... I had admired him on the television show New Girl. Um, and you talking like that combined with your beard is so grandpa. I that had I admired barely... him. I had admired him on the television show New Girl. Have you heard of this show on the Fox Network? <laughs> certainly, certainly, Sir, sure. Um, I know in the San Francisco Bay Area it's Channel Two. I'm not sure. KTVU. There's only one two. Yeah, exactly. So. I had admired him on the show New Girl, which is an ensemble comedy on the sure, Fox Network. Certainly, certainly. Um, and I had found him to be in a in a generally very strong cast, uh, by far the stand up standout performer. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And, Schmidt. It's Schmidt. And it's because he's Schmidt. And Schmidt, this character on this show, if you haven't seen it, is uh, like just magnetic, and all you want is to give him a hug in the entire <laughs> world. Like all you can think about the whole time you're watching. The show. Even with uh, What's-Her-Face, Zoe Deschanel. Is that the star of the show? Yeah. Like, she is a very beautiful woman. 
And uh, she's I she's nothing compared to Max Greenfield. No, she's nothing. She's nothing. She's a wonderful actress. She's like spectacularly beautiful. She's just delightful. And like Max Greenfield just blows everyone else on screen off every time he steps on. And it is with pure like friendship qualities. Like all you want <laughs> is to just like Being is to friend. just like throw your arm around his shoulder and be like, "Hey, bud." Yeah. And uh, even when he's not wearing his shirt. Which right. normally, anytime a dude is not wearing their shirt, I'm like, fuck you, put your shirt back yeah. on. But even when he's not wearing his shirt, I mean, he's very fit. Mm-hmm. But that usually enhances my feelings of fuck you, put your shirt back but on. But not with Max. No. I, his, his. You're almost like, take those pants off. Yeah, like, yeah. let me entertain you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> let, me make, let me make you smile. Did you take Max so, Greenfield to Le Pain Quotidien? <laughs> Uh, no. But we went to a different French restaurant, the name of which I can't remember. French only? Maybe. Le Belle Époque. Yeah, that's probably what it was. Bonjour. Les Sans-Culottes. Au Fudge. There's a restaurant now called Au Fudge, which is a, a Jessica Biel's new spot. What Wait, Jessica Biel? Jessica Biel owns this, this are, spot. Wh- and it's what? called Au A-U. <laughs> Uh-huh. Fudge. Oh, fudge. Were you... And it's for kids. ...watching <laughs> extra? Someone was... Someone invited us. Some I, Someone invited us to her new spot. Because it's it's kid-friendly. Fudge only? Uh, no. They have a whole menu of French... Uh, delicious French food. And some fudge. There's some fudge there, too. <laughs> So Max Greenfield came here. Uh-huh. <laughs> I ha- honestly had a hard time interviewing him for Bullseye because I so badly wanted to be friends with him the entire time he was here. <laughs> like that's how like, his friendship charisma. I just thought it must be an amazing. <laughs> Did you tell him that? You're using friendship as a euphemism though, right? That's what I'm getting. Yeah, for entertaining. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's – that guy is magical. I, I – look, <laughs> it, is my, it is my job. It is my job. I'm a professional interviewer. Mm-hmm. I've interviewed Michael Showalter on multiple occasions. Mm-hmm. I interviewed Michael Showalter on the occasion of the release of his film, Wet Hot American Summer, by telephone from Santa Cruz, <laughs> California. Oh, Really? Yeah, I think it was all those years ago. I think it was maybe like a year after the movie came out, but uh-huh. we're going to call that the release window. Mm-hmm. Wow, it was probably still that's a long time ago. Yeah, it was a long no time memory ago. of it, Michael. I absolutely, but I didn't. It, I I guess I, I I remember. I do. I know that I have over the course of many years touched touched base with Jesse. <laughs> Jesse <laughs> is. Uh, Jesse is a constant. Yes. Absolutely. Like the ticking of a metronome. Jesse is a constant. <laughs> like just as funny. And I should add, it's been it's been it's it's been wonderful to see you develop and to see you uh, evolve your uh, your brand, as they say. Thank you. Um, I, and, your, and your beard and your mustache. Thank you. I so. I have interviewed many people. Uh, the only people who I have felt that way about, off the top of my head, uh, Max Greenfield, uh, RuPaul. Mm. RuPaul is also just radiant. Yes. Just a 
radiant human being. And you just sit there and you can – you're just like, this is an amazing person. Yeah. Um, the way that people feel in the presence of, like, religious figures. I was in an elevator with RuPaul at the Virgin Mega Center. That's what you used to call it. I don't mm-hmm. know what it's called anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, down on Sunset. And he – it was my friend and I had just gotten some CDs at the Virgin store oh, way well, back sure. when. This was the 90s. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. got in the elevator, Probably, pressed his what, button. What are we talking about? Zwan? I would get a Zwan. I was known to get – I would buy the same Eurythmics best of compilation over and over. Mm -hmm. You know how I do. Sure. And he got in (laughs) a little bit of bebop. Yeah. Um, He pressed his number on the elevator and then turned around and goes, what would you guys get? And literally made (laughs) us go through our bags and show him our CDs. And I was like – and he didn't – he looked like a guy in a little sun hat. He just looked like anybody else. Is he RuPaul when he's not – in the in the in the outfit, he is. Well, RuPaul is his actual given name. Name. So when you see someone, okay. So, so when he's so he is, a, yeah, he's an unusual drag performer in that he has the same name in both contexts. <laughs> right. In real life, he is like uh, uh, he is very handsome. Oh, I, uh, he, very thin uh, uh, and very like boldly but Natalie attired. Yes. Yes. That yes. was my experience yes, anyway. Yes, yes. Oh yeah. No, I've never met him, but I've been in his presence before and he's tall, very tall gentleman. Yep. And he was friends with the B fifty twos when he was a teenager. Ooh. Is that true? Yes. That's wow. perfect. I know. That's perfection. Yeah, it's as good as it gets. There's no doubt about it. Have you ever seen the footage of RuPaul performing with his punk rock band? No. no. Yeah, he had a teenage punk rock band, uh, and you can watch footage of him performing on like uh, Athens, Georgia, uh, pu- uh, public access television on YouTube. Fuck! Is he performing in drag or just nope. being punk? Nope, 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 nope. Just being uh, just a super gay punk rock black fourteen year old. Fuck! Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's sixteen, seventeen, something like that. But he's really thin and. Yeah, who, like, who else? So who else besides Max Greenfield and RuPaul? Max Greenfield. And Terry, then I have a question for you, Terry. Ooh. Terry Crews. <laughs> uh huh. Terry Crews is. <laughs> Terry Crews is amazing. Really? And like I had Terry Crews in here because I thought, well, look, he <laughs> was great as President Camacho in uh, Idiocracy. Uh, Idiocracy. And uh, he's oh, he's always really great on Brooklyn Nine Nine, which I think is one of the funniest uh, sitcoms on TV. Um, and so I just thought I thought like and the Old know, Spice commercials. I've I, I, yeah, he's great. <laughs> he's the Old Spice great. At, he's great at that. He's not all. He's not in all of those. He's in he a lot of them though. Was in some of them for a while, and I have not seen him host Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, which is another. Oh, job does that he, he host Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And I did, and I had not seen him performing as an American Gladiator, which is how oh, he got his start in the entertainment really? industry. But uh, I was like, "Look, I, I, it'll be interesting. Like at the very minimum, it'll be interesting. I can talk to him about what's it like to be in the NFL, for example." Which he was in the NFL, and he came in here and like shook my hand, and I was like, "Oh my God, can you start a religious faith, like, so that I can <laughs> join it?" Just a powerful presence. Yeah, just an um, an incredible. Incredible presence and uh, like uh, – also like RuPaul just radiated kindness and regard for the world. Yeah. One of the things that RuPaul said when he was in here was I asked him – I basically asked him like what was it like to be a small town southern gay kid 
in the 70s. Uh, and he basically said, he said to me, nobody ever really bothered me because they could tell that I loved everyone. <laughs> and he meant it. And I believed him 100% and continue to. Like, how could anyone ever mess with him? He's so magical. Yeah. Yeah. Who have you met? Okay. I'm going to turn the tables on you two. You guys are hanging around celebrities all the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, you probably met uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Sylvester Stallone. Um, these are all John big, Claude. big action. John Claude all, These are all big Damn. action They're just heroes. large, uh, upper-bodied men. John Claude Van Damme. beefy guys. Um Sylvester Stallone, Arnold yeah, like, Schwarzenegger. Who, who, it's, is, who, who, okay, the who, question who, is, yes. in your time <laughs> as an entertainment professional, lo these past 20 or so years, mm-hmm. who has made the biggest impact on you upon meeting them? Hmm. Hmm. I mean, I've met some of my, like, bucket list people, and um, uh, David Letterman, uh, uh, Kevin Klein. When did you meet David Letterman? I was on the television sh- program. On the David Letterman I was television on the program? David Letterman did you get the panel? I did panel on the Fuck, David Letterman yeah. television program. Um, That's the best. And I, uh, it was quite amazing. It was quite an amazing experience. I only saw him on the show. Like, they push you out there. Biff Henderson pushes me out there. <laughs> and it's, Biff Henderson from the Letterman show? Biff Henderson from the Letterman. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, wow, you really are the person that like <laughs> I and, went to a taping and that blew my mind that yeah. he really was oh, and he really job. was like working on the it was his yeah. he works on the show yeah. like <laughs> he, he was do, the the stage manager and then uh, it's pitch black and freezing cold just like you hear like you can't see the audience at all they're out there but you cannot see them at all and there's David Letterman <sighs> and I'm sitting next to him and I'm doing my thing that I've rehearsed a hundred million times and then I heard him laugh at one of my stupid jokes that I told and then the whole thing is a blur. Um, but uh, that doesn't count because – Okay. That doesn't count. Look, I like – I met I met I Eve like Plum. I like RuPaul. I met Eve Plum. <laughs> I, don't I met know, Eve I don't know who Eve Plum, Plum is. Yes, you do. I do. Is she from Footloose? <laughs> God basically, damn it, Jesse. Basically. <laughs> I met Eve Plum. You're making a rap motion like I just got served. Because <laughs> it is. It's sort of like mic drop. I met Eve Plum. I genuinely don't know who Eve Plum is. Eve Plum is Jan Brady. Oh. I met a Brady, <laughs> but I don't remember which Brady it is. This goes back to my, like, I've you haven't seen anything pre-1988, yeah. and I haven't seen anything post-1988. So I but was like, on... to me, meeting Eve Plum is like... I spent most of my childhood watching you on television and I, obsessing <laughs> about wishing I was in your family. Mike, I'm – look, I'm not here to compare dicks with you, OK? Because I don't want to – I don't want to do that. Both, <laughs> I have no interest in that. We've both been very extremely successful in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. You're – uh, directing a film uh, co-written by our friends Emily Gordon and Kumail Nanjiani and executive produced by Judd Apatow. And again, I'm, this is not a comparison because I don't want to embarrass you at all. But I was on a History Channel special called Christmas Through the Decades. What's this? Uh, it's on the History Channel. It's a special about Christmas okay. through the decades. Got it, got it. What were you doing uh, on the show? Like Talking Head? Yeah. Uh, and I assumed that it was a comedy show, but it wasn't. 
It was it was like I love the '90s if that was not a comedy yeah, yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. If it was yeah. about Christmas yeah. and about Christmas and sincere and sincere. Uh, so anyway, uh, I w- I went in there. It was a blast. I was it was an honor to be invited. Like sincerely, like I've. I don't, you know, if you if if you are me and you get inv- offered a job as one of the talking heads on Christmas through the decades, you pass. No, you say, yeah, sure. Where do I go? Can I have five hundred dollars? Yes, then I'll will be there. I know. I was joking when I said you pass. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so I I went and did this, and by the time I had agreed to it, it wasn't until I saw like they sent out a call sheet for it. Um, because they shoot these in like, you know, 30 minute chunks. So you just go in there and they give you a bunch of prompts over 30 minutes. Did you, you meet Santa Claus? Is this, is this building up to that you met Santa Claus? Did you think that Santa Claus made the show Christmas <laughs> through the decades for the history channel? He's an EP, right? Well, I think he got like a created by credit. I would, I would hope. I think it's like Gene Roddenberry gets a credit on every Star Trek show, but it's not like he's on set. Right. Okay. He lets the elves <laughs> run the show. <laughs> so um, I didn't know. I had no idea. I was like, because I don't even, you know, what? I don't have an agent. You know what I mean? Like they just emailed me and I was like, yeah, okay. And uh, I got the call sheet and there were a few people on the call sheet that I knew. So uh, my friend Mike Pesco was on the call sheet, a former NPR personality, now uh, a bigwig at Slate, a very funny, talented guy. Um, nerd celebrity Will Wheaton was on the call sheet. Um, and, uh, I met him once at a movie screening. He was there with Chris Hardwick. He seemed like a nice man. Um, so that was, that was basically the people that I knew or whatever. And then the other people were, uh, uh, like someone from What's Happening, uh, uh, Mr. Belding from Saved by the Bell. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the Bradys. I don't know what Brady it was. Peter Knight. Christopher Knight. It was one of the girls. Oh, Mar- oh, might have been Eve Plum. It could have been Eve Plum. Uh, just the most, like she was, she and Mr. Belding were uh, Wilson from, I think Wilson from. Uh, uh, from Castaway? From The yeah. Volleyball? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's he's very hard to to <laughs> to please book, to book yeah and to please, uh, but like the well because that movie went to his head yeah but I he was I, so cool before that movie and then he became sorry I had this I had so for me this is this is this is like an exciting opportunity you know what I mean like I'm gonna go do this TV thing like it's gonna be fun I haven't been on TV much in the last couple of years like. It'll be it'll be neat, you know. We'll see what it's like. And everybody was really nice, and and I'm leaving. I had a great time doing it, and I'm leaving, and the Brady is there, and she's just sitting in this makeup chair, and you know she's I don't know sixty ish, fifty five. <laughs> Isn't that about right? No, fifty five. Maybe she just <laughs> maybe she's just had a hard life. <laughs> You're being so disrespectful to Michael's choice she's, of the greatest celebrity he's ever like met. She's like 85 years old. 
You maybe you must have been. She's wearing a T-shirt that said, and I thought this was weird. Fuck Michael Showalter. <laughs> She's eighty-five and years old. And I asked her, maybe "Do you want to? Was... Do you want to make love to Michael Showalter?" And she said, "No, I mean it as a rude." Yeah. Maybe it was Alice. If it was what, what, no, wasn't it wasn't the, Alice. Wasn't I would recognize yeah. Alice. That's like the only one I would recognize because she looked exactly the same. Or the mom. Uh, Florence Henderson. Florence Henderson. I would recognize either of them because they went they very were deep into adults. their careers yeah. Yeah. looking exactly the same as they did right. on the show. Right. right. And they're both very charming too. Yeah. Um, uh, but this this Brady, um, <laughs> she's just – she's sitting in this makeup chair and this this whole thing is taking place in like a strip mall in the valley next to a Vivid Video building. Oh, yeah. The, that's near where I work. That's on Ventura. That's on Ventura. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Coanga. It's on Coanga. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Um, uh, and there, it's just like there's – like you think a television show, if you don't work in television, you think a television show is a buzzing hub of activity with – and I've been like – I've visited Conan and Conan is like that, you know. But this show was basically four people sitting in just an abandoned strip mall. <laughs> they were all super nice. But I'm delighted because I don't get to be on television very often. And I'm buzzing because I'm like, oh, I did a new kind of thing. This is really fun. And just this poor Brady woman was just sitting there, sitting, sitting there in this makeup chair with a look that I'm, I'm not going to call it defeat because it was more like steely resolve like I'm gonna do what I have to do like for the, Christmas like a like the kind like the look yeah for Christmas <laughs> you're just doing it on behalf of Christmas yeah in the name of Christmas in the name of the spirit of Christmas yeah. she was there to talk about pet rocks <laughs> remember pet rocks oh how could I forget <laughs> well you should have been on this show <laughs> Mike? Oh, did you do a whole bit on pet, a whole segment on a whole show on Pet Rocks? They had me do 15 is, minutes oh, on the 70s. Oh, because that was I a told good them, gift. I'm Pet Rocks born was... in 1981. <laughs> I know I'm bald, but like. What do I know of Pet Rocks? I know nothing of Pet Rocks. Right. What do I know about Star Wars toys and how hard they were to get? Yeah. I looked at the list. I said, I know about Pee Wee Herman Christmas special. Let's talk about and hot Dr. Pepper. Ew, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's just because I, uh, I uh, like Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I know some stuff about Dr. People eat that shit up for Christmas? I was the president of the Dr. Pepper Do you club. have a, um, what, yeah. what's your answer? A radiant you? celebrity? Yeah. Yeah, and what I want to hear, Karen, Yes. in contrast to Mike, who just listed people that he admired that he's met. So it was basically just like telling us about his achievements in show Well, business. I'll think about the other thing. I'll think about it. The question is... <laughs> It's not about who you are most excited to meet. Got it's it. about who made the biggest impression. So who was the most remarkable. So you weren't excited to meet RuPaul. That's what you're saying. I was no, perfectly I'm, I'm glad excited. to meet RuPaul, Mike. But then you were blown away. You were turned. Yeah. Right. And then I was in, left in awe. All right. I want to think about that. Okay. Here's what mine would be then. Off the cuff. The first one that comes to mind is I did work, as many people know, on the second season of The Marriage Ref. Right. And uh, so it's – Well, it's ref heads know that. Yeah, ref heads. And um, 
and the, <laughs> and the people on my website. Coincidentally, by the way, ref heads are the only people who know that there was a second season of yeah. The Marriage Ref. You have to be way What's deep inside. Ref? What's The Marriage Ref? <laughs> the Marriage Ref was uh, Jerry Seinfeld and Jessica oh, Seinfeld. Oh, yes, of course, of course. Kind of oh, my God. Marriage yes. show. Yes, yes, yes. And when they revamped yes. it in With, the second season. Did Tom Papa continue to host? Yes, he did. Because I only watched one episode of the show, but the thing that struck me the most was what a great job Tom Papa did. He's the greatest. <laughs> I was like, Tom Papa. What? Was great that, at hosting oh, this oh, weird show. Oh, people would bring in their marital problems, and then celebrities would like talk about what they think they should do. Exactly, so. insanely high end. Like they booked Madonna. They yeah, booked the, the one the I watched had Larry David and Madonna arguing with each other. Yeah. And it was the weird – and Madonna got so mad at Larry David yeah. because but Larry was David like, was just being a dick. But right? it was, wasn't it just – it was literally like what would you do? Like what they, What should they do? What should they do? And the, the poor couple that was always somehow from Florida was up on a Skype. So they couldn't have been further away from the entire situation. It was like keep those people away from the A-list celebrities is the way it ended up feeling. It was kind of hilarious. So the second season, they kind of revamped it a little bit to see if they could you know, make it go in a different way. And that's when they brought me in. Yeah. Because they knew that that's – when I when You're you bring fixer. people off Skype, I'm the, I'm the fixer. You're the fixer. When we get rid of Skype and we get real, that's when I come into play. So anyway. you're, fa- you're famous for uh, graceful second acts mm-hmm. on television. You bought, brought Kirstie Alley to Cheers. I said, guys – I understand if Diane is gone, we have to replace her. It can't be someone of the same quality. Yeah. We have to come at this from a different angle. Mm-hmm. Right. But she still needs to have 80s hair uh-huh. and a crazy gal attitude. The important, the important thing here, we need, to have, we need to have certain qualities similar, certain qualities different. So different, we say, instead of making her pretentious, let's make her ditzy. A Scientologist. Oh, ditzy, yes. Uh, and similar, <laughs> let's keep an eye on those shoulder pads. We need those pads strong. We need them big, and we need them as wide as the hair. We need powerful pads. So who'd you meet? Uh, Jerry Seinfeld. The first day oh. he came into the office, and I didn't, I obviously, from th- through stand-up, uh, no respect him all of that, but never – he wasn't my favorite. He wasn't the person I identified with her in, in any way. But he's, the, you know, the one of the hugest stand-ups there is. Yeah, and the, a truly great stand-up. And a truly great one and made a TV show that was like rock-solid, great television that kind the, of changed The Marriage things. Ref? <laughs> yes, in, the, <laughs> in season one of The Marriage Ref. B-movie. She's talking about B-movie. Um, the day he came in, I was standing in my office. I heard his voice in the hallway, and I just started pouring sweat out of my armpits. <laughs> and I've never had this reaction to anyone before. And I was looking at – I was with Laura Kraft, who anytime we talk about the marriage ref season two, we always implicate each other. So if she talks about it. She always brings my name up and vice versa. And I looked at Laura Kraft, and I'm like, I'm sweating so much. And I just could not stop sweating. Until, and then I was introduced to him, and it kind of continued for a while after. And he was radiant? He he was radiant. He has amazing teeth, and he's just big. Like, he fills up the entire room. It's Jerry Seinfeld. So you're just kind of like – you're in the room with Jerry Seinfeld. You're kind of like rendered uh, slightly undone. But you that was should. like a more of a physical reaction. Then I would right. say the radiant – person that I met was Dave Grohl, who walked into our office one day when I worked on Whitney Cummings' talk show, swung on by because he was uh, guest hosting Chelsea Lately, and said hi to everybody, and then looked at me and goes, oh, you're that girl. And everyone in the room turned and looked at me, and I was just like, 
whole like I didn't understand what was happening. But being a person from, you know, the riot girl grunge era, I was – I literally got dizzy. Like I was sitting down, thank God. And he knew me from Girls Guitar Club and was like we used to watch that tape on the bus. And I was just like I don't understand what's happening right now right. and basically told everyone I was quitting. And, um, and then you like floated away. Dave, but, you just like floated up into the air. Yeah, essentially. He like said a couple other things and left the room and then the door shut and it was quiet for a little bit. And then everyone just – we all just started laughing like crazy. Right, it was right. just like what the fuck just happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was miraculous. Yeah. I would have liked it if he said to him, uh, if you had a baby coffin, would it be for sale? <laughs> Which is a line <laughs> from the tape that I used to like to watch on his tour on his tour bus. I'm oh. a fan. You know what? I'm a success, but I'm a fan too, Mike. That's right. of, of what? Of the Girls Guitar Club, oh, Michael. Is that what they say? That was <laughs> that was my I old know band it was. of Maryland. I know it was. It was in our I short saw film. you guys many times at Largo. Uh, when I – many, many years ago, on the rare occasion that I would come to Los Angeles, I would come see you guys at Largo and loved it. Loved you. Thank you. Those were the good old days. They really were. It's over now. Is it? <laughs> Are they? Isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. feel like it? Are they? I don't know. I mean, yes. It definitely feels like it. I mean, right now it does. Guys, we're, Like we're, right now in this room. In this moment. <laughs> We're we're gonna hash <laughs> Did this out. Did you hear that reaction? <laughs> yeah, Brian's, just went, oh. <laughs> Brian's worried for us. Are you, are He's you got guys, a big heart. You guys Brian still, Fernandez are you, does. That, are you guys still gigging? No, no, we haven't done that in like a decade. Oh, okay. Yeah, Karen's got some beautiful songs of her own. She's got a great solo act and a new duo. That's right. I do it all, and I have a cooking show with Giada. Really? <laughs> no. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. <laughs> it's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Karen Kilgare of Child Empath. With us, Michael Showalter. Yeah. Ghost. <laughs> oh, so you're hoarding in on uh, Karen's territory. You're not the here, ghost. Huh? You're not the ghost. Okay, guys, we have a message up on the Jumbotron this week from a listener. Uh, it is it is uh, for a product called Pass Down Journal. Uh, they say, we've been fans of Jordan Jesse Go and wanted to support the show and say thanks for all the years of laughter. You know what? I thank you, Pass Down Journal, for all of the years of laughter that you've provided to me. You know, Mother's Day is just a few weeks away, and few gifts have the potential to become a treasured family heirloom like a pass-down journal. It's a high-quality, hardcover journal. Do not sigh on microphone <laughs> while our listeners are sharing this beautiful isn't, product that they've made. Isn't that going to get edited out? No, that is not going to get edited out. Sweeten it and post. That's you being contemptuous. These people... Made a beautiful, high-quality, hardcover journal filled with 125 life interview questions that anyone can fill out to capture their best stories and pass along a lifetime of knowledge. It's amazing. One of the questions is, how do you make fire? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, your Uncle Bill wrote in this pass-down journal, you take two sticks and you rub and rub and rub. (laughs) Yeah. Love Bill. Passdownjournal.com for their Mother's Day pre-order sale. If you want to get up... On the Jumbotron, it's MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. If you want to sponsor Jordan Jesse Go, email Teresa at MaximumFun.org. Hey, I want to mention something. Do it. Karen, you've been to MaxFunCon, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, 
bad news for everyone here. Max Fun kind of sold out. Oh. But I've got some good news for everyone here. What is it? Max FunCon East tickets go on sale April 7th. Where is Max FunCon East? It's in the Poconos. Ooh. Have you ever heard of that? It's in this beautiful, it's in this big, beautiful hotel that is like um, 95% exactly the same as the one from the movie The Shining. Nice. It's you a trap little bit everybody like, in? You know what it's like? It's like, uh, it's like Dirty Dancing. <laughs> I saw Dirty Dancing. I was like, oh, that's like the inn at Pocono Manor. Like it might literally even be the inn at Pocono Manor. Yeah, because weren't they in or were they in the Catskills? I think they were in the Catskills in the movie. I can't remember. But yeah, it's in uh, it's in the Poconos. We've got all kinds of amazing performers. It is uh, all kinds of amazing classes for those of you who do creative stuff. When you were there, did you do any classes or you just fucked off? As I said yes, I realized the answer was supposed to be no. But I've watched videos of people doing sets at Max Von Kahn. You've never been to Max I've Von never been. for real? I've never been. Really? I'd like to go. We'll get you to come. Okay. Yeah, oh, that's easy. I was supposed to go on the boat. Mike, you don't have to come. Why? Because you obviously don't want to. All you're doing over there is <laughs> scratching your head and sighing quietly. <laughs> like, this is the worst thing. Like, I just came here to talk about my new hit movie. My name is Doris. We, I, we haven't talked for two seconds about it. I haven't complained once. We talked, number one, all you've done is complain the whole time <laughs> you've been here. It's just been whining and whinging, whinging and whining, whining and whinging, whinging and whining. That's all we get from Michael Showalter. Karen's been here. You heard it. I don't know. I don't want to get involved yeah, in this. she heard it. She I whinging? just confirmed it. He's what got does a, whinging He's got a little bit of a sparkle in his eye. Look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh! that you at home could have enjoyed that sparkle. Have you ever done a Robert De Niro impression? Uh, no, but do you think I would be good at I, it? I do. The way you just did that sparkle. <laughs> Look. Yeah. Look at me. <laughs> we get you a little mole. You could do it. You looking at me. <laughs> yeah. No. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I think we've got a star on our hands. I think I'm a star maker. Wow. I've, That's a good I've got nipples, Farka. <laughs> Can you milk me? He's not from Boston. He's not. He's not uh, Ted Kennedy. He's not. Where is? Uh, we'll do Karen, a quick. Class. Where is he from? Who? Robert De Niro. I think that he's Southern. He is. No. He's from. Let's see it. If Robert De Niro was from the South, turn uh, around. Turn uh, back around. Uh, 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 are you look? Are you looking at me? <laughs> no, that was Cockney. No, that, that was, was a, good. That I was thought that was good. Cockney I accent. Th- I thought that was good. <laughs> South London. I thought that was you, good. It was the the artful Dodger as played by Robert De Niro. Yes, consider yourself. Well, I'm walking here. Consider yourself. <laughs> Part of, of the, the family. family. Taking a lot. Are we up to paying? Is every second of this song <laughs> money out the window? Yeah. You know what? Uh, you know what? ASCAP and BMI spend most of their time doing, looking for show tunes in Jordan. Yes, just scanning, right. scanning through. Going, we're gonna nail these sons yeah. of bitches it's someday. Like this, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, MaxFunCon.com. MaxFunCon East tickets on sale April seventh. It's gonna be such a blast. I will be there. Uh, who knows? <laughs> I will be there. Michael Showalter will probably be there. Karen Kilgariff will probably be there. I'll tell you who we had last time. British Robert De Niro. Dick Cavett. Nuh-uh. Yeah, stick that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> okay. Michael Michael Ian Black, the funniest member of the state. Careful. Hey, now. Careful. Hey, now. That's a step too far. Hey, now. Hey, now. Get your game on. You're an all-star. 
Let's play. <laughs> is that that's the, the theme music? That's the choral. That's that's the theme choral. from Max von Kahn East. Yeah. Senior honor Smash choir. Smash Mouth. <laughs> hey now, you're a rock star. Get your, Get your game, game on. on. Go play. Go play. Go play. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Karen Kilgariff, child empath. I'm Mike Showalter. Were you ghost before? Did ghost I'm ghost? Go- I'm ghost. I'm ghost. He ghosted I'm on ghost. ghost. I'm Michael Showalter. He ghost. ghosted I on think ghost, ghost is a great I'm nickname. ghost. I'm ghost. ghost it's really ghost, solid. Ghost, ghost. A lot of people come in here with half-assed bullshit nicknames. Ghost. I'm not going to name any names, but ghost is a great nickname. Ghost. Okay. You're sticking Michael with that? Michael Showalter. Yes, yes. Michael Showalter ghost. <laughs> ghost. <laughs> If something momentous happens to you in our listening audience, we ask you to call us at 206-984-4FUN for our beloved segment, Momentous Occasions. Brian Fernandez, let's hear our first call. Hello, Jordan, Jesse, Sunny D, and guest. This is Brian calling from Atlanta, Georgia. So I was out riding my bike today after work, and I rolled up to a stop sign, and I had to stop. And while I was there waiting for some traffic to go by so I could continue, a snake fell out of the sky and landed on the ground about 10 feet away from me. And while I was trying to wrap my head around the fact that a snake had just fallen out of the sky, a uh, large falcon was dive-bombing down and landed his claws right on top of the snake. And after doing that, he lifted up his head and looked around, uh, made eye contact with me as if to say, yeah, I did that, and then bit the snake's head off. Have a good one. You know, we've been getting a lot of um, we've been getting a lot of you guys. You guys aren't on the show every week. Certainly, Karen's here as often as we can get her here, but <laughs> um, uh, you're not here every week. And week in, week out, we've been getting a lot of oh, this guy's wearing a snake around his neck and he's walking down the street. Oh, this guy's wearing a snake around his neck and he's riding a unicycle. You know. <laughs> Different shit like that. Snake stuff. And what I like about this call, and I'm really going to tip my hat to this call, is that this guy's bringing something new to the table. And that is a kind of Marty Stauffer's Wild America <laughs> sense of the majesty of nature's creation. Well, I was afraid it was something biblical. I thought it was kind of a revelations thing oh, where it was yeah. like one snake falls, now there's a rain of snakes. Then the sky turns to blood or whatever. I don't, I'm not up on Revelation. So right. I was so relieved when that bird came into the picture. Do you think it's possible that this bird was reenacting the Mexican flag? <laughs> Is that a possibility if, here? If it was like a cosplay bird? Yeah, it could have been a flag, a, a bird that does flag cosplay. Because ultimately, if you're a bird that does flag cosplay and you go to the con... There's not a lot of flags for you to get in on. That's right. There's Only some the with one. phoenixes. Right. If you have enough ashes, <laughs> you're going to need them to rise from. What if it was snake cosplay and he's all, don't tread on me, 
but oh, then that yeah. bird comes and he's like, "Go fuck yourself." Oh, I have a new, I have a new cosplay plan. Yeah, and it involves me tearing your. <laughs> I'm in charge now. Ah! Yeah. How do you feel about the majesty of nature, Mike? I love it. I yeah. love uh, going on a nature walk and and orienteering. <laughs> Kind of a north, south, east, west thing, yeah. like you tell people? I think so. Can you use a compass? Oh, yeah, sure. You just hold it out and look at it, and it tells you where you are. <laughs> so what do you what do you look for? Do you look – is there some kind of moss. indicator? No, not on the – obviously, you look for walk – you look for moss. moss when you're on a nature walk. <laughs> yeah. I'm not – I've been on a nature walk Different before. types of moss. I've just never used a compass before. A when you hold it out there, what kind of indications does it give you? It tells you – you can see what direction you're pointing in – Based on wherever you are, it will tell you either if you're pointed north, south, east, or west, or or anything in between. It just tells it to you, like Siri. Seems to know. Well, no, it, it's an uh, there's an arrow. It's it's it analog. Points, it points Old to. School. It's a little arrow, and it points. And you've never heard of a compass. You don't know what a compass is. I'm sorry, guys. I'm a millennial. I just ew. All I really, Everyone all hates I really you, know millennial. Is, all I really know is selfies and in, and entitlement, and uh, <laughs> to a certain extent, being offended by comedians visiting my college campus. <laughs> I'm like, get that comedy out of here. Get out of here. I'm We're protesting PC. it. I'm so PC. Wait, did they teach you how to use compasses on wet hot? Which is what (laughs) people I know call Wet Hot American Summer. Like they don't have time. They truly call call it Wet Hot. hot. Well, that's what we call it. Do you? But you made it. Yeah. I'm talking about everyday Joe Lunchpail on the street. Joe Lunchpail on the street. Sons of bitches. Did you learn? Did you learn to use the? Did you learn to use the compass on the on the set? Or did you learn it when we were preparing? No, we did a three week like boot camp of like what it's like to be at camp. We went (laughs) for real. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Damn it. Sorry. I'm so sorry that my that you misinterpreted my sarcasm for sincerity. I just had a vision of like you and Janine and Paul Rudd stand, standing in no. like a ring of redwoods. No. I would like to do that. I know. That would be really fun. As how do you really you feel? You needed that to make the movie. How yeah, do you really exactly. feel about nature? I love nature. Are you kidding me? I love it. I'm I not kidding. It. I'm I deadly love it. serious. I love nature. I love it and it's – I, I think about – every day I think about how devastating uh, – I feel genuinely heartbroken every day about uh, how the earth is – Like litter? Litter, for sure. I, I lived in a neighborhood uh, in New York before I moved to Los Angeles that had quite a lot of litter and I was the guy on the street with those th- that grabber. In fact, I was written, I was written about because I was the neighborhood trash grabber guy. Mm-hmm. Um, no, are you were David you re- Sedaris? And was that neighborhood <laughs> basically a, a place in does France? He, does he tr- grab trash too? Mm-hmm. Uh, he yeah, he wrote an essay about how his hobby is picking up trash. Oh, I didn't know that. He goes on long, long walk because he's. Uh, I think he maybe he's a little uh, uh, compulsive. Yeah, and um, he yeah he goes on long, long walks picking up garbage, and uh, he was honored by his local town, and they. It was in England. He lives in England now. Forgive me. And uh, they named a trash truck after. Well, I had a, a – I lived on in, in Brooklyn on a street that was pretty garbagey and I would just keep my little area pretty clean. Mm-hmm. Where'd they write you up? It, it, on a blog, on a neighborhood blog. Nice. On a neighborhood blog. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That's but, really but, cool. But I but – I, uh, no, I love, I love nature. I love uh, – I think, you know uh, – 
Okay. I love animals and and Michael Show Walter, this is your chance to prove it. What's your favorite animal? Oh boy. They they're all so wonderful, aren't they? Well, except for possums. <laughs> and mosquitoes. Is that oh. an animal? Are mosquitoes animals? Mosquitoes are animals. Um are insects animals? I mean, not in like the childhood sense of like what would be printed on a pillow. Like do they have a heart? Do ins- do, do mosquitoes have hearts? Do they love? Um, can they love? <laughs> can, can they, they love? Laugh? Do they laugh? <laughs> if you prick them, will they bleed? Into your blood? Uh, I'm, I'll, I'm bears. I like a bear. I'll really? Take, I'll take a bear, that's a moose, a, a moose. A bear is a deadly animal. Bear. That's okay. Really? What's your favorite animal? Capybara. <laughs> uh huh. Isn't that a type of bear? <laughs> yeah, technically it's a Isn't that a South genre American of bear? river bear. <laughs> Isn't bara mean bear? Uh, it could be. And cappy means it has a little hat on. Cap, yeah, it, it wears a cap. <laughs> Captain bear. A little a, a bear in a sailor hat. Bear in a sailor hat. Cappy bear. <laughs> what about you, Karen? <laughs> Let me get my full laugh. Take it. Take it. Oh, man. Um, I like my dog, Frank. <laughs> yeah. He's a mutt. Sure. And he eats um, anything that's on the floor, including pens. Doesn't have to be food. No, no. Disposable razors are his favorite. Wow. He's a total lunatic. Wow. And I just have a lot of respect for his kind of joie de vivre. Yeah. He just goes for it every day. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're allowed to just pick our dog. Okay. But it was like your favorite animal. I'm not going to go pick some random fuck in the- my favorite animal is my wife because people are animals. <laughs> wow. Ew. Human beings are animals. Foxes. That's my number one. Yeah, my wife is a fox. You know, You're I'm saying- You're absolutely right. My favorite animal is your wife. Yeah. Wow. Or wow. no? I don't know. I have kind of rap gun fingers right now. You are everybody. doing rap fingers. You're a real Michael Showalter. Yeah. I just got served. <laughs> Did I just get served? Fox is my answer. Are you being served? <laughs> <laughs> the British television show <laughs> starring Robert De Niro. <laughs> oh, I, uh, you've been served. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take another call. Hey, this is Ken from Denver calling with a momentous occasion. Uh, I manage a rock and roll venue, and I just last night had a customer come and knock at my office door and ask if I could call an ambulance for him. He didn't appear to be injured, and I said, uh, why do you need an ambulance? And he said, uh, I soaked a tampon in vodka and put it in my ass, and I think that I'm going to die. All right. Uh, have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs> Ken is so fucking chill. Ken. Fucking Ken has seen it all. I like that he's like, at the end, he's like, okay, I'm trying to think if there was anything else I wanted to say. Like, <laughs> like that's Wait. pretty much the main thing. He's looking, yeah, there's he's no more to that his, story. He's looking at his checklist and it says tampon. It's got a check next to it. Yeah. yeah. It says in the butt. And it's yeah. got a check next to Done. it. Done. And he's like, uh, is there any other main? And I did the vodka thing too. Point. And he writes down vodka and checks that off. He's like, yeah, I think I and got it covered. And the last thing is like, th- throw down Mike in in victory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, check. I feel like Ken Ken's been in this business since since uh, it was a Dave Clark Five and Herman's Hermits <laughs> headlining Denver. He's seen it. He's done it. He snorted it. Yeah. Wasn't wouldn't that just get you super drunk? Like I've never met anybody that's gotten Why super drunk. Why would it drunk. get you drunk? 
Does your butt drink? Can you get drunk through your butt? Yes. Yeah. It absorbs your Into body your... more quickly. Oh. Absorbs the vodka. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. That's like when all uh, those years wasted. I should have been. <laughs> you when could have I, been wasted. When I started, uh, uh, when I started uh, getting migraines when I was a kid, uh, I'm talking like ten years old, eleven years old. They gave me suppository medication that you got had to put in your butt. Oh well, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, so it gets soaked up just. Like I guess the, right. Just like the vodka that's right. Does. I didn't think about it, but yeah, that they makes didn't put it sense. in. A, they didn't put that it make, in a tampon, but that might have been a good idea. That makes perfect. sense. I don't know. I can't speak to that. I'm not a doctor. That makes perfect sense. Um, Karen, you're a doctor, right? I'm a doctor of tampons. Yeah, <laughs> but I've never regretted saying anything <laughs> more. T. I never do I've tampon never material, Michael. You know that. I do know that. I've never done it. I can it. completely corroborate that. It just came out. It's hot in here. Yes, hot and 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 small. Hot and small and full of egg crate. Let's take another call. Jordan, Jesse, go. Good evening. I had a very peculiar moment this occasion. I was walking along the road to the stores I usually do. Woman Wait, actually pulled over. Pause this. <laughs> Brian, pause this. What is this? Is this Peter O'Toole? What? Did Lawrence of Arabia just call in? What's going on, Brian? <laughs> is this a gag you're pulling on me because Jordan's not here this week? Is that what this is about, that, Brian? That man's clearly wearing a top hat as he tells this story. Do I need to fire you or fight you? What's happening, Brian? Go back to the beginning. As he goes to the stores he likes to go to, mm-hmm. is that what he said? Mm-hmm. Jordan, Jesse, go. Good evening. I had a very peculiar... Hold on. Pause it again. Was... Is this an Irish Spring commercial, <laughs> Brian? No. It's a good call. Okay. Just play it, because Michael Showalter is losing Jesse, go. Good evening. Strength. I had a very peculiar moment this occasion. I was walking along the road to the store God, I usually do. Cookie Christmas. woman actually pulled over and said to me, I see you every day, and I just want to say... You're doing so well losing all that weight. Bless you. And then she drove off. I am a Zaftig man, and I took it as a compliment. Very momentous. Have a good day. You know what? That was sweet. I think he's doing a great fucking job. He's doing a great job with his fake accent. Yeah. And he's doing a great job with the weight loss. I like, I think he's doing a great job, especially with all that cookie crisp cereal around. (laughs) (laughs) Cookie crisp wasn't an Irish person. Yeah, it was an Irish police it was officer. A bear. Guys, I'm a millennial. <laughs> Wasn't Cookie Crisp a bear? No, Cookie Crisp had an Irish police officer. I think you're thinking of Lucky Charms. Cookie Crisp. I think oh, don't take me Cookie Crisp. You're thinking of Miller's Crossing. Don't take me Cookie Crisp. <laughs> don't take me Cookie Crisp. Oh, my. <laughs> Yeah, it was an Irish police, like a stereotypical New York Irish, Irish police cop. officer. Yeah, for Cookie Crisp, like, and somebody was always trying to steal crisp, the Cookie Crisp sugared cereal. A robber was an Irish cop. I just remember yes. when when Cookie Crisp first came out is when I was a kid, and the slogan was, "You can't have cookies for breakfast." Now you can. Yeah, yeah. Remember Fuck. that shit? And you were Fuck just, you. As a kid, you were like, yes, it today like, it changes. Yeah, yeah. We're in charge now, Mom. Yeah. Sounds like kids rule. Yeah. God, that must have been amazing, Karen. <laughs> I was filled with electricity. It must have been amazing. It, uh, 
Uh, one time Dave Attell was on the Sound of Young America a long, long time ago. This is probably the most impactful that any single statement on the Sound of Young America has ever had on me. We were in college, and uh, we asked Dave Attell what, if he could do, Insomniac was still on. That's how long ago this was. Uh, we asked him if he could do Insomniac in any time period in history, what would he choose? <laughs> you know, like Night Times or Dinosaur Times or whatever. And he thought about it for a minute and he went, well, I guess the 70s. <laughs> like the 70s? And he's like, yeah. You didn't have to wear a seatbelt and you could smoke wherever you wanted. <laughs> so I guess what I'm saying is I wasn't around then. Yes. But it sounds like a really magical world where kids rule. You don't have to wear a seatbelt and you can smoke wherever you want. You could not only smoke wherever you wanted. I have very distinct memories yeah. of my mother pulling up to the gas station saying, Ten dollars of ethyl or whatever the fuck, <laughs> rolling the window up and then lighting sure. up a oh, Benson sure. hedges, yeah. and with me sitting next to her in the car. Well, and and uh, I certainly have memories of smoking in an airplane, of not me smoking in an airplane, but of people, people. smoking in an airplane, yep. willy nilly. Uh, <laughs> people smoking in airports, willy nilly. Oh yeah. Um, not in that one room. No, but no, no, everywhere. no, no, everywhere. Just the, everywhere. The you whole went. airport it didn't was matter. that one Just, room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and definitely the the I have children now, and definitely the seatbelt thing. I mean, the kid, the chair, the 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 car seat, the car seat. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have that. Fuck no! You got thrown you just got in, in the back, back. You just got thrown in the back. You got thrown in the back, and you slid around as your parents yes. took a corner and it was awesome. at forty, and, and it, it was, was great. The best, and it was great. It was super fun. My best friend's dad would put us in the back of his pickup truck. Me and him in the back of his pickup truck <laughs> yeah. in San Francisco and dry and floor it and go up hills and off the top of so the hill get airborne. so that we would fly <laughs> out of the pickup yeah. truck. Yeah. This man was in his 40s. Sure. He was an older father. But he knew how to live. And I bet you he's on acid. If you were in San Francisco, was it early 80s? I'm talking to look in mid to late 80s. I'm going to put it 88 on it. Maybe he's on GHP. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Is this how you date things? It's like carbon dating. I just tried to do the fastest Whatever drug. Whatever drug was going on yeah. at that time. Whatever would come out of my but brain. But now I think it's illegal. It's actually illegal not to have a car seat now. Yes. You have to have it. It's it's law. Yeah, absolutely. Are you still allowed to put your uh, child and his best friend in the back of your pickup truck and fly off of things streets of San Francisco style? Doubt it. Yeah. You're probably not even allowed to paint over the letters in the tailgate so that it says yo instead of Toyota. No, you cannot do that anymore. Yeah. Because it's disrespectful to Toyota. Mm -hmm. You know why? Why? Obama. <laughs> Obamacare? Yeah. And they've done it again. Obamacare destroyed the whole Toyota graffiti yo. Toy. Yo. yo. Oda. <laughs> Yota. Yota. Oh, yo. We've lost so much. Yes. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. La, 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 la. 
I'm Barbara Gray. I'm Brandy Posey. And I'm Tess Barker. Together, we make up the Max Fun Podcast, Lady to Lady. Each week, we welcome a kick-ass lady guest. We talk about our lives, our dreams, and the terrible decisions we've made that still haunt us. Mm-hmm. We've had on great comedians like Aisha Tyler and Margaret Tro, plus screenwriters, doctors, authors, you know, anyone who's willing to be as open as we are. It's all a lot of fun. That's us, Lady to Lady. Can you keep a secret? Neither. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. I'm Karen Kilgariff, Child Empath. And I'm Michael Showalter, Ghost. You know, Michael Showalter, I sincerely really loved your movie, My Name is Doris. Oh, thanks. Uh, that was a really lovely film. I thought Sally Field was the perfect person to do it because she has both the – I think, you know, in a funny way, it's not unlike uh, not unlike Smokey and the Bandit in that she is both like, sort of beautiful and glamorous. And the part of the – the premise of this, of this film, roughly speaking, is that uh, she is an, an older single woman who's uh, maybe teetering on the edge of cat ladydom who uh, meets Max Greenfield's character and kind of falls for him. Mm-hmm. And part of it, what you need in this role is a woman who is both uh, believably delicate enough and uh, uh, I think delicate enough to be teetering on the edge of um, cat ladydom, but also is sort of beautiful and funny and cool enough to believably be someone that some young hipster people would kind of get into and think was really neat. And that was a really remarkable way to person to find to do that. She's like, really that's the a only special combo she's really the stuff. only person that could do it. Would you have just not made the movie if she had said no? That was the plan? Uh let's say she says no but Julia Roberts says yes. Well, <laughs> she says put me in some give me a few give me a few yeah. prosthetic wrinkles and let's exactly. do this. Yes. That you, would have been fine, but but uh but no, if she had said no, there's actually a very good chance we wouldn't have made the movie. Yeah, she really was built for that. It rem- when and I won't give any spoilers away, but there is a part where there's like a photo shoot, yeah. and as she was doing it, I was just like, oh yeah, because she's still Sally Field. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like at the end of the day, she can play mousy or she can play a little nutty or the you know eccentric lady or whatever. But the you know, it was it was just kind of heartening. I mean, we went because we were like, yeah, I want to see what, how an old lady picks up on a young guy. Yeah. I can get behind a movie like that. And then there were that part where it's just like, yeah, because. Because one day you'll be an old lady many years from now. It's very soon. Um, many decades from now. I need to start working on being able to wear Sally Field size pants, though. Like she was basically in a, like an American <laughs> apparel shoot. She looks phenomenal. She is amazing. She looking. looks phenomenal. Yeah. But 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 she's real. Looking, she's yeah. an old, she is she the wrinkles you see the wrinkles you see the uh, she's just amazing yeah. she's but 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 in all honesty there were you know I feel like that that the character of Doris is about ten different we need you it's she there's a fragility there there's a there's a vulnerability there there's an eccentricity there but then there's also this like genuine sexuality and charisma and all these different things. And we wanted her to actually be a woman of a certain age um, who can do the comedic range and the dramatic stuff. And I really do feel like if we – if it hadn't been her, I don't know what we would have done because she really is the only person that has all of those 
can do all of that stuff. Is she friends with Max Greenfield? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yes. So she really has it all. Yes. Hollywood legend. <laughs> She's on his. He's on comic hers. chops. They text. Beautiful. They text. Can play the delicacy. She has pl- what you want. They text. The answer is yes. They're sending that text. Oh God, would I love to get a text from that man? <laughs> Just get a text. And hey, also, Jesse, that, can, that can be arranged. Friend Schmidt Jesse, from television. It was also good that he didn't. He wasn't a douchebag. It wasn't no. like the classic situation. Or that's a dummy. Good. Exactly. Or a dummy. He's he's he, he, he. That's also a very difficult role because he's he's not. He isn't the most brilliant person in the world, right? Uh, but he's talking about in real life. No, his character. <laughs> Characters uh, in real but, life, but he is but he's the not most a dummy. He's not a, just a dumb hunk either, right? It's exactly. A very difficult. It's well, they're very, real people. It felt yeah. like a real story. Yeah, That's you are. Cool. I mean, you you strike me as someone who sincerely loves the idea of romantic comedy. Yes, That's the genre that I loved growing up. Like, like as a teen. Yeah. What what like touched your life? What movies? Yeah, I mean the list goes on. I could go on forever. I, it I, ends in 1988, as I understand <laughs> it. I mean, so you know, there's there's so many of those, all those romantic comedies, Tootsie and and, but I mean, there there's so I've never seen Tootsie. Are you fucking kidding oh me? I should see get Tootsie. out of this I mean, tiny room. I mean, the obvious ones, Tootsie and When Harry Met Sally and Annie Hall. And, I've seen those. Um, so. I loved the Hugh Grant movies, Four Weddings and a Funeral, and I love. He's the um, I loved all the Tom Hanks stuff. All the you know, like those were the movies that I that I loved. But I also loved silly Steve Martin movies. But he has some great romantic comedies as well. Roxanne is one of my Ugh. favorite romantic comedies. The best. And um, the Jerk is a romantic comedy. Can I tell it you is. something about how With much Bernadette Peters? How much they have I the like, duet? Uh, I'm sure a beautiful you, song. How much I like. Uh, uh, Hugh Grant. I know. I know. You belong to somebody else, but tonight, tonight you belong. You belong to me. Sorry, I'm not sure where I am. Thank you. And then I pull out my trumpet. I met Bernadette Peters one time. Ooh, that's a good one. I bet she's shiny. That's a really good one. Uh, What I I did not – I had seen The Jerk but had not remembered her from it or something. I don't know. I was like 16. And uh, uh, what I remember is it was when I was working – used to work for the theaters that belonged to the city of San Francisco downtown. So the Herbst Theater and the Symphony Hall. And she was doing like a – she was doing like a a recital concert. Mm -hmm. And I just remember just everyone in the entire symphony hall, like all the union dudes, just everyone just were boning out so hard for like 72 hours beforehand. Like, ooh, Bernadette Peters is going to be here. Bernadette Peters is going to be here. Like, will she talk to us? Can we touch her? (laughs) Like like these sort of like hardened dudes who all worked on like Clint Eastwood movies when they weren't working at the – they just they were just like in tears at the prospect of laying eyes upon Bernadette Peters. And I was like, I don't not sure who Bernadette Peters is. That was where I was at. But she also she's like the per, she's like Aphrodite style perfect in terms of what she looks like and her body and everything. But then her fucking singing voice, like her in Into the Woods, she destroys. She's just like she's like singing to the back wall, doesn't need mics. That combination is so rare. 
it's like kind of like she's like the original Christian Chenoweth. Yeah, in a lot of ways, she's the original Christian Chenoweth. <laughs> I that was the worst. Uh, that was not a good. They in the, they keep giving I, her sitcoms. I'm a fan of Bernadette Peters. <laughs> I it love, came out I, bad. No, I got you. I'm okay, with okay. you. I'm Kristen with you. She was amazing. I'm yeah, with you. There's nothing. Um, there's nothing in all of entertainment that move that to this day is moves me as much as a good number in a musical. Yeah, a good number in a Broadway musical to this day is the thing that floors me the most. What's number one all time, Mike? West Side Story, mm-hmm. number one, and uh, Chorus Line, number two. Cool. Maybe not in that order. One time I saw a funny thing happen on the way to the forum How's that? Where's with that one Whoopi in Goldberg. That was a fart trombone. That but I, I, I say that. But my I, name is Doris. Hello, my name is Doris. Hello, my name is Doris. Hello, my name is Doris is in theaters now, recommended by the Committee of Two. That's me and Karen Kilgarry. And Rotten Tomatoes. And Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, yeah. It's, Certi- it's certif- certified fresh. It's certified fresh. Yeah, what about is. April Richardson? You went to see it with April, her. Oh, yeah. Did April she April like- loved it. Oh, good. Yes. Not- we were very happy. It was that kind of thing where like you – I don't know if you ever feel this, but it's like I get nervous when I know people – when I go to see a thing that yeah. somebody I know makes. I get very nervous. It's like you don't want to see – You don't want to hate it. I Michael Showalter. I've known this guy since I was a teen. I know, but – you just, I just I had that feeling. Him, I don't want to see him embarrassing. Exactly, that's dumped, exactly right. I got dumped in his mother's car. <laughs> you don't want to see that shit happening. And so when you are in a full arc light theater, yeah. it's on Friday evening and people are all like, hell yeah. It's just the best feeling. Oh, wow. It's so nice. Mm. It's a delight. It's a delight. And of course, Karen Kilgariff, beloved guest on this program now a beloved guest host on this program right i get to do this more right she hosts the show well you're gonna have to get rid of jordan okay do you need easy a ri- she's she hosts like okay the show. sure i'll That's do that not a problem poisoning she hosts the show do you need a ride with fellow beloved jordan jesse go guest chris fairbanks one of the funniest guys on earth and then we have a new podcast georgia hardstark and i really from, from georgia and ali that's interesting so you so you've got a new podcast that I've, was never mentioned to me when you were in the process of just a whole new not Max Fun podcast <laughs> that I had no. My friend Karen Kilgariff has another oh. podcast in some other podcast network. In her podcast network. You because she's the doer and I'm the one that goes her along Her podcast network can go suck a lemon as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> whoa, whoa. It's called My Favorite Murder and suck we talk about lemon. murders that we love. Ooh. You know what? The two of you can stick it in your ears. <laughs> With a You're no longer a beloved true, guest host. True, true, true. You're lucky am. if you continue to be a beloved guest. I still You're am. You're lucky if you ever get invited back here. You can't take it away from me. With you your guests two. on that show? No. It's just the two of us talking oh. about... Oh. Oh, oh, do you like murders? I love murders. Is it true? It's my favorite thing to do at night is watch murder. Okay, then if we That's did... how I go to sleep every night is by watching murder. Like Discovery, Investigation yeah, Discovery. ID Discovery, uh, uh, all of it. Forensic Files. 2020, Dateline. 48 Hours. Basically, ID Network is my network. Okay. I live on the ID Network. If we did a live show, would you come and be a of guest? Cor- of course, of course, of course. Now, you bitter man in the corner. Yeah. I. By the way. Could we loop you back in? Do You Need a Ride has guests on it. You know? Did you know that? It's a show where they pick up people at the airport or take them to a comedy show they're doing. That's right. 
Um, <laughs> anyway, I just mentioned that it, I just mentioned that it has guests on it because uh, Karen, how many times would you say that you've been a guest on my show? It's like at least like my 25. different shows because I've invited you on my NPR so show. You've times. been featured on my NPR show a few times. You have National Public you've Radio. You've made me, and then you've probably you've probably been on Jordan Jessica what six easily eight six. times. Six. Yeah. It's definitely a high number. Yeah. Do anyway, you, I don't I don't mention that for any particular reason. Do it's you just need that her a ride? Show does have guests on it? And I she's honestly, been a guest on my show a lot of times. And so have you been a guest on hers? No. Look, I'm not here to complain about <laughs> what shows I have and haven't been a guest on. Obviously, I'm doing great. I was on History Channel's Christmas Through the Decades. <laughs> with, with potentially Eve Plum. So I'm not with, sweating. But we still aren't with sure. No, we confirmed that it was the youngest Brady. Oh, oh we didn't know. We never said that. We yeah, never Brian, yeah, you well, never listen, confirmed. You guys, you said that she was in her 60s. Yeah. <laughs> she appeared to be in her 60s. It might have just been that her spirit was broken. <laughs> You're gonna be the on our. You're woman. gonna be on. Do you need a ride? And we're gonna pick you up from this building and drive you around the block. Ten I times. want to be on the murder show. Okay, that's just li- great. I'll just listen. I don't even have to say anything. I'll just listen. Awesome. <laughs> our producer is Brian Sunny D Fernandez. Woo! Um, Jordan will be back next week. He's taking a quick breather. We'll see. Um, if you want to talk about this show, maximumfun.reddit.com or join the Maximum Fun group on Facebook. Tweet about it with the hashtag JJGo and call us 206-984-4FUN. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan, Jesse, Go. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.